in the Lord Jesus ascended before their eyes and he was taken up into the heavens. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord, when we look at the ascension of our Lord, theologically, we know that it took place uh, almost instantaneously. But he did come back for 40 days. And we remember on the evening of the resurrection, he was on the road to Emmaus, and they were talking about him, Peter, James, and John. And they saw him coming, they thought he was a stranger. And they said to him, did you not know about the wonderful things that took place these days? Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. When Lord, the Lord Jesus came after his ascension for his 40-day visitation, they could not recognize him because he was completely changed. He still had a human body. They could still touch him and feel him. But of course, when he was in the garden, when the woman approached him, Mary, and uh, she reached to him, he says, I have not ascended to my father and your father. So he then ascended, and he comes back 40 days later. These 40 days were the 40 days between Easter and Ascension. We've just celebrated. They are days of resurrection celebration. Because when they saw him, what did they see? One train completely transformed by God. A human body completely transformed by God, which shed beautiful light and love upon them. And he gave them his final messages. And to prove that he was truly human and divine. He ate with them, helped them catch fish and everything like a human being would do. I like to dwell a lot in my prayer about our Lord's ascension. Because he sent it up to the glory entrance of the heavenly kingdom with the human body. But I sort of pictured in my mind, the closer he got to the great royal doors of heaven, the angelic doors, the more he changed in appearance. This is in my mind. So when the Father would see him, he would look at him and see this glorious son of his who had a human body, but a glorious human body. And we have to remember, we believe in the mystical body of Christ so that we are part of that human body of Jesus that went there. He was in heaven. 
When the priest uh, incenses the altar before the liturgy, he says this prayer. When your body was in heaven and your soul you in hell, with Saint Christ the God, were infinite in, and the throne of the Father, filling all things. And of course, the priest incensed the altar because he knows that same glorified Christ is going to come down in the Holy Eucharist, the heavenly Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. It's as the angels were amazed. We read in the offices this morning at Matins to behold him and to realize one who was the son of man, a human being, and then truly son of God, approached the holy throne and he sat down next to the Father. I often think uh, people who talk about the beatific vision in heaven and I think maybe the beatific vision in heaven will be the sun in his glory, in beauty, in love, all splendid. In the Christ of the Apocalypse, I think it's about chapter 7 or so in the Apocalypse, it says, he is shining white light. His robes are white, and fire comes from his eyes. And his hair is all white, and he's all beautiful. And all energy and everything comes from him. And then elsewhere it says, he has upon himself the red robe, which was the blood he shed for us. No wonder they couldn't recognize him when he came down to visit them. What did they do, it says in the gospel? They went to the temple and praised God probably spent the rest of their lives in that temple praising God for its magnificent gift. We poor people, in the uh, Acts today, we read about Jesus' baptism, how he baptized. It says, John baptized with water. It says in Scripture, Jesus baptized with fire in the Holy Spirit. And of course, in the Holy Sacraments, we participate in those gifts of the Holy Spirit. There was a great holy man, a mystic, and uh, some people went to visit him. And uh, they taunted him. They wanted to see how holy he was. And he didn't know what to do. He stood up before them and he raised his hands and he clicked his fingers and fire came out from him. And they said they fell down and said, Blessed be God, the King of the universe, the giver of all that is good. There's only one way to approach God on his ascension when it really talks about our future too. So you're going to die, but you've been baptized and chrismated. And if you live an ascetical life, you're going to be glorified. Glorified in the life-giving energies of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which are given to you 
by the sun. And in the gospel today, he even went down to Hades and brought those people up like he did at the resurrection and an ascension, taking them into glory. The reason you live is to achieve glory in God. The reason you die is to join him in his passion, death, and resurrection so that you might grow in your, the presence of God in you, in these divine energies. The key is just to remember this now. The way you live is the way you're going to die, and that's the way you're going to be in eternity. You can't get on the other side of the curtain and say, well, can I go back? Remember the rich man. He says, can I go back and tell my brothers about this? They said, no. There's a great abyss between you and them. And they, if you saw, told them what you see, you wouldn't believe in it, and they wouldn't believe in it anyway. But we are believing. So this cathedral is in the patron saint is St. Joseph, and he was sort of a doubter. But an angel came to him and reassured him. And I always, if I have any doubts about our salvation, I always ask St. Joseph to pray for me, to confirm in me a deeper faith, a deeper love, a deeper joy in my holy transformation in Christ. So as you know, Christians must imitate Christ in their, his life, not only by doing good and loving your neighbor and praying as he did, but also by being transformed as he was in going to heaven. So the angels are going to be shocked at how many people are going to arrive there with their new body on the last day, all beautiful and glorious, pouring forth energy. We are very fascinated in the Catholic Church by the mystics and people like that, how they live and how they pray. They pray in the Holy Spirit through the Father in union with the Son. In the Holy Spirit, through the Father, into the Father, in union with the Son, so that their prayer is the prayer of Christ. And with that effort, they grow in obedience to the, what they desire and in love and in the destiny that will be theirs. So I think to myself, somebody's hymning back there and I'm trying to preach. I think to myself that um, all my relatives and everything, will we recognize them in their whole, in their glory? Will we recognize them? And I asked that in the theology class. The professor said, will we recognize those we love? They only said, if you want to. I said, will we see them in their glory? He says, if you want to. He did not say that that would be the happiest thing that would happen to us in heaven. He said, if you want to. 
In other words, there'll be other things going on, more joyful, more faith-filled, more loving, and making us very happy. Paul sort of puts it this way. He says, we will move from glory to glory in heavenly kingdom. But my dear brothers and sisters, you must live now in the hope of that salvation by living an ascetical life, a pure life, a holy life, a life of prayer. People uh, come here to see me sometimes, and uh, they're interested in spiritual direction, and I rarely take anybody spiritual for spiritual direction because it makes a big responsibility to me. So I usually tell them I'll put them in my book and remember them in my prayers. So I'll put, I have a book in my prayer stand. I put their names in there. Some of them, they're already in there anyway. And uh, the hope is, though, that when I pray for them, that they will live a disciplined life, a gospel life, through prayer, fasting, and generosity, and true love. When you get to your heavenly kingdom, when you come into the heavenly kingdom, and you see Father, you won't see the Father, you'll see the Son in duty, and you'll find out what true love is. You'll be so happy, so glorious. So it says in the gospel, on the last day, he will come as you saw him go up. Except you'll be there waiting. Now there's a very high group of uh, angels who are very upset. So they say Lucifer means light bearer. He was light bearer before the throne of God, a great archangel. But he was very upset when he learned that um, God the Father had an intention that his son should be incarnate as a man. And he was really upset, and so he went into the warpath against God, especially against us. So our greatest enemy are these myriads of bad angels that float around. But there are good angels too. When you are tempted, say your Jesus prayer, and think of your angel who's trying to help you get to heaven, to be beautiful, to be glorious. I think I've told you this story before, but uh, it's, it bears repetition. When I was in England, I was playing the Norfolk Symphony Orchestra. It was a lot of fun playing a symphony orchestra. And um, it, we would have a weekend in the summer, where the conductor would, uh, we'd play the repertoire for the fall season. He'd go through pieces, we'd pray it, play it. He'd decide if we were going to do those pieces or not for the public concert. It was very interesting, and uh, I don't know how much you know about England, you know, but um, they eat uh, every couple hours, actually. They have tea and biscuits. We say cookies. They say biscuits. So he would be conducting, and at time, time for key, tea, he'd drop the baton. 
And we, right in the middle of a measure, you wouldn't even go to the end of the measure, you just dropped the baton, it was tea time. So I sat down on a bench to have a cup of tea and a biscuit. And uh, this older lady was there. And she called me vicar. She didn't know if I was Anglican or Catholic or what. She knew I played in the orchestra. That was about all. And she says to me, you know, vicar. I said, what? She says, I went to uh, church Sunday. And she says, the vicar got up and preached. And he talked about the resurrection. And he told us that we were going to get up from being dead. Very interesting. And she says, it sort, of, it sort of scared me because she says, I don't know how that's going to be. And she says, have you taken a good look at me? I said, well, I really haven't taken a good look. She says, well, I'm falling apart. She was an older lady. I said, but you, you I said to her, well, you played the cello very well. I said, but I wouldn't worry about it. Because on the last day, when you rise up from the dead, you're going to be young, beautiful, and gorgeous. And you're going to have a splendid life of grace within you that makes you happy all the time. And you'll move from glory to glory. Oh, she says, I'm so glad you told me that. She was so happy to hear that. That's what dissension is really about. The glorification of our Lord after his passion, death, and resurrection, coming down to reassure us and give us a promise of the last day, to encourage us to live a life that we will be transformed in him. So Paul tells us about the mystical body. So what I want to say to you is, it, what he is, you shall become. What he is by nature is son of God and a human being. Now we are sons of God like by adoption and by grace. And that grace that comes from him, that deifying energy, is a product of his glorified body. That's where we get it from. It's in the sacraments. It's in the precious blood that saved us on the cross. And it's always with us. And when we go to Holy Communion. Remember, Jesus Christ is there, body and blood, but also is the Holy Spirit and the Father. It's remarkable. And so we say at the beginning of liturgy, blessed is the kingdom of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are celebrating our meal with our heavenly Father, His Son, in the Holy Spirit. If you get discouraged, remember what Paul told us, when you cannot pray, the Holy Spirit prays in you to help with your prayer. And you are marked for this destiny. Theology that says you have indelible marks so that you're destined for the heavenly kingdom. But don't, do, don't mess it up. So in the gospel today, they went to the temple and they prayed. We monks try to pray every day, six or seven hours. You can't do that. You have to work and things. 
But you can say the Jesus Prayer in your heart. You can have a better attitude towards everybody around you. And you can let that joy and love that Christ puts in you be a source of happiness for other people. At the same time, you're witnessing to the resurrection and ascension of our Lord. Don't join the other side. Stay with those who promise you life everlasting, beauty, and peace. I hope someday, God willing, I will be in heaven and I will meet you. I want to see you there. If, if I hope I still want that when I get there. I may be taken up too much with everything. But I don't want to be there and, and have the knowledge that anybody I served and loved was lost. Don't give in to your passions. You must glow in the light and life of Christ. Yes, what's Jesus say? Be passionate, but sin not. Why? Because he wants us to join him in the resurrection in our personal ascension. Where there'll be no pain, sorrow, mourning, but only life everlasting and joy. My brothers and sisters, today we will free the body and blood of the Lord in the Eucharist, but a great banquet is yet to come. Because you have received the body and blood in the Eucharist, because you are baptized and chrismated, because you live the life of the gospel, and you will see the Lord enthroned in white robes and gold, Our Lady standing next to him, John's there, all the great saints are there in the Theandric order. Now, I don't think many of us will get to the Theandric order, but let us all hope to get to heaven and live that way, even if it's the lowest spot. Because even if you're in the lowest spot, you'll be gloriously happy. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.